0: What I would say with mental agility is when you do get rejected, let it bounce off. Keep a healthy mindset in that it's not personal. Even if it is personal, just take a deep breath and let that one go because tomorrow it'll be just fine. Nothing has changed. Today's guest is Pooja
1: Seth. Pooja is the founder and CEO of Drifted, a sustainable clothing company that combines both function and style for women who like to adventure and travel designing clothes that can be worn on both the trail and in town. In her past life, Pooja ran one of the largest activewear stores in North America. And as you'll hear in this episode, she's now helping redefine the modern outdoor culture and influencing the rise of women leaders in the outdoor space. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Liz Landine, and this is The Outdoor Entrepreneur. All right. Hello, Pooja. Welcome to the show. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. I am so excited you're here and that we get some time to chat today. Honestly, as I was preparing for this interview, I came across a term I found interesting. I hadn't heard it before. It's called shrink it and pink it. Can you tell me what that
0: means or what is that in reference to? It's an unfortunate term that we'll get to know, but it's an actual industry term. um, And it's one that brands or design teams and like any corporation or any corporate um, team that's within the design team will use. And it's specifically to the outdoor industry, but I think that there are many other industries that do use it. But in the design process, they start out with a men's pattern. And so they'll design, let's say, a pair of pants um, for men. And if the the silhouette is successful, if the style is successful, then they bring it to the women's side. And what they call it is shrink it and pink it, meaning just shrink it down in size, and change the color. And they often pick a pink, a magenta, a purple. And so, you know, from the big brands that we all know, they all use that terminology to design women's clothes. It's a shrink it and pink it model. So they start with the men's first and they just size it down. Really not a whole lot of adjustment on curvature, not a whole lot of adjustment on actual coloring outside of this pink spectrum but that's the term and it's something that every company you've talked to or you know about has used it. And you can talk to anybody in the design team and they'll probably roll their eyes, but that is in fact a term that's used regularly.
1: Interesting. Well, it makes a lot of sense because I think, you know, as women, we struggle so many times to find clothes that do fit us really well. And I know Drifted is clothing made for women by women. Yeah. No shrinking and pinking it going on there. So what's the story behind Drifted? Let's get into it. How did Drifted get started? What's kind of the background story on this company you've built?
0: You know, it was it was one that I had thought about for uh, longer than I than I was actually working on it. But I got into the outdoors. I used to actually manage a very large activewear store. We sold yoga pants and it was like yoga pants galore. But we were located in Northern California, and so I really got into um, just after like I worked in an office. So after a long day, I would get out into nature, and that's when I felt like oh, I could breathe again. And you don't have to just you know move front to back. So anyhow. Um, I was realizing my yoga pants weren't cutting it anymore because a lot of the terrain, um, at least Northern California was, it was wet. It was muddy. Some, sometimes it was craggy. Um, and I'd either come back just ruining my yoga pants or kind of coming back wet and messy. So I ended up going to REI, grabbing a pair of hiking pants. I believe they were, I I have a few and I put them on and go, gosh, I've got muffin top. My butt is flat. And it was uncomfortable on top of it. Like it didn't look good and it wasn't comfortable. So I just had this idea. I go, gosh, I wish there were some nicer clothes out there for women. Maybe I just didn't know about them. And so that was back in 2016 is when I started thinking about it. Then fast forward to 2018, I was in Morocco in Marrakesh with a group of friends, girls and guys. And we were planning a day, like a little expedition day. And we were going to go up and hike this really amazing trail in the Atlas Mountains. And it was like about a six, seven hour hike. And then we were going to come back down for dinner and we made reservations at um, Richard Branson has like a swanky lounge called the Casbah over there. So we made reservations to go and enjoy the night there. And in that time, we didn't have time to go back to the hotel just because of the location of the mountains and then the the, like center of the Medina. Basically, whatever we were wearing we could only keep the change of clothes or keep the change of anything in our backpacks. So the guys got ready within like 10 minutes, they're ready to go. And the girls, we spent about 45 minutes talking about what we were going to wear because we were figuring out like, it was hard. Like, do we dress This trail was kind of rocky and it, it definitely needed um, some durability on it because of the conditions. But we thought, well, if we wear our hiking clothes, they have a dress code at the casbah. We can't get in. Even if we just change our shoes, like the pants are not going to be working with the outfit. And if we dress for the casbah, well, there's definitely no functionality that we're going to have and we can't do that particular trail. So whereas like the guys really didn't have an issue, they just kind of walked out of their hiking boots and put on some regular shoes and they still look great. And so what ended up happening is we had to change our plans. we, canceled the lounge and we canceled the trail. We went to a smaller trail. That way we could have a change of clothes and to go back to like another dinner place. And I thought, what the heck, like, why is it that a pair of clothes or an outfit is stopping me from being able to do something? And the truth is that you really want to feel comfortable in your environment. You don't want to spend 45 minutes thinking about what to wear Especially when you're just going out into nature and then coming down. And so I thought, someone should really do something about hiking clothes or about outdoor clothes. Like, why can't they look good and why can't they feel good? The fabrics are all there. We have design ability, but no one's taking the time to actually put the effort of design into it. And so that's when I was getting a lot of the feedback from the girls I was with, like, oh, yeah. And they're all pumping me up and cheerleading, which was so awesome. So I started thinking more seriously about it. And, you know, fast forward about a month, I talked to my girlfriends, they referred me out to their girlfriends, to their moms, their aunts, their cousins. And I talked to about 300 women. And I said, Hey, what do you like about your outdoor clothes and travel clothes and what don't you like? And, you know, it was overwhelming the response of, you know, what improvements are needed. And so I just realized like, okay, it's not just a me problem. This is something that a community of women of 300 plus women have the same issue. And so I actually left my position at the activewear store, which was like a pretty lucrative situation I had. And I started designing for Drifted. And at the time I was pregnant, we didn't own a home. And I thought, talk to my husband. I said, listen, I've got this idea. I actually think it's something that we need. And bless his heart. He was like, go for it. Take your bank account and and let's do it. And so um, 2018 is when I really started sketching and I started talking to women and working with, to get Drifted started. And we we were planning to launch it in 2020. But then with COVID, we delayed the launch a bit just to make sure that we understood the environment. And we launched in 2021, spring of 2021. And so now here we are about eight, nine months out and we finally got it to market. It's been phenomenal so far, but that's how it started.
1: Oh, what a fantastic story. And I always love hearing when people they filled a gap right you filled a gap a need that was missing right and you went for it you you did what you needed to do to fill that gap and it's just such a i think a powerful story when when we hear examples of this and I, for one, will say thank you because (laughs) I do a fair amount of uh, outdoor activity and I am, yeah, that person that's like always in my yoga pants, but they're not always the most appropriate thing to be wearing and they don't always work. And I did look at your Instagram. I was kind of cruising through all of the posts and gosh, the clothing is beautiful. It's really the colors and the style is really outstanding. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about what you've done.
0: Oh, thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad it's resonating.
1: So I know kind of another part of your business and your business model is around community. I think that's a a big part of your vision and, and your company from what I understand. And I think, you know, community is something people need. We all need more than ever right now. I'm curious in what ways do you build community or, you know, how do you build community as a company?
0: absolutely and it's a, you know it's a step by step process and i will dream big and have this 5 10 year plan of what community will look like then versus how it gets started and where we are now is we're getting started with community what we do um, both on social media our email in person is connecting with other women and giving them some resources to develop their skill sets to develop their confidence in going outdoors alone. Because a lot of times the outdoors is is a tough thing to navigate, especially if you're not familiar. There's not reception. There's not a lot of stuff available. So um, you really do want to be confident. And, um, you know, we bring on experts in the field to write itineraries, places to go. Like we just put one out for Zion, which was a three-day itinerary. How How do you really get to get the most out of it what to do to prepare for the trails, what to do to prepare for the weather or the lodging conditions, but then also how do you have fun off trail? Um, you know, when you the sun sets, you're not going to be, you know, hanging out, hiking anymore. So what do you do then? And what are some of the skills that you need to develop before you go, um, if any? And so what we're doing is really bringing about ways for you to prepare by yourself and um, just like in the comfort of your own home. And then also we do a lot of sponsorship and we bring retreats together. We, again, we just ran one, Um, in October with a group of 20 women and it was female led. They took them out on angels landing, which is a really hard trail, but when you can see another woman doing it um, and you're with a group of women who are doing it sometimes for the first time, or maybe the third time it builds your confidence. So we're running a lot of in-person events too, a lot of group hikes, a lot of group trips and um, getting you online, offline, in the field, getting you to connect with other women who love nature and who might be at different skill levels so you can learn from each other and support each other. And um, we're also doing it with, you know, moms who have kids. I have two kids and my hiking and my outdoor activities do look different. So I do love connecting with other moms because I want to know what's a an age appropriate trail or what's an age appropriate outdoor activity. Um, So that's how we we take a look at it. We run monthly kayak trips out in Southern California. Um, We have a calendar of events that we put out every month for across the country. Things that we, we think are so useful, women have asked us about Anything from skill building, um, from survival tactics, from guided backpacking trips to itineraries that you can download on your phone. So we, we try to bring about resources and connection for everybody, not just on this virtual space, but really in person. Because I think women, women look for community. In my experience, men tend to love competition. I think women love competition too, but I've seen, you know, more of that male focused outdoor is a lot of competition. It's a lot of sport. Um, And where I've seen with women, it's a lot of togetherness. It's a lot of exploration and it's a lot of bringing about like your friends, family, and your crew together. Mm, That's really
1: great. And I'm excited. I'm definitely going to check out your your retreats and itineraries. It sounds really fantastic and like just completely up my alley. And I want to ask too, you know, many of my listeners are women. And although I don't always ask about having children just because you're a woman, I know men very rarely will get (laughs) asked that question. But I also know you are doing this interview with a beautiful little newborn baby on your lap. But I do want to know what's your philosophy on adventuring and traveling when you have children?
0: Well, I mean, it does look different. It is certainly different than when I was single or, or without kids. I have a toddler who's a, who's a bit, he's like a little Rambo, I call him. Um, and he's very adamant about what he wants to do. So it does make it difficult if I want to put him in a backpack and say let's go on this hike so it is a combination I think one thing is get a hiking pack that's like a no-brainer because it can be really exciting I do go for local hikes a lot more than I did before before I would hop on a plane or you know do like a little road trip and spend a weekend someplace Um, and like I said I've got that adamant toddler who wants to walk himself and he can't really do it on every single trail so I obviously I stay away from cliffs, but I take, sometimes I'll take an afternoon and I'll go hike a trail by myself while he's at school. And I might take the little one with me in a pack as well. Just check it out. Uh, see, you know, what parts can he hike? What parts can't he hike? And then that way he can learn to really love it. So he can get out there and it's not just like this thing where he's being carried, but he can actually walk it. And then camping is so wonderful for kids because they can scream and yell in nature. And it's not as loud when you're outside. And so we do camping trips now, again, more so than I did before. I I have camped and it was fantastic. So it was another thing where we could teach the kid um, again, my newborn. She hasn't yet gone, but I went with my toddler, but we could teach him fire safety i let him put his hand kind of close to the fire and i hope that i hope i don't get shunned for it but it was just like i'll i'll tell you it's hot but if you know it's hot i'm not gonna mm-hmm. burn If you know it's hot you won't touch it so we did a lot of fire safety and he he's a big advocate now for fire safety in the school you know it's it's things like that we let him go barefoot out in the campsite So that's kind of what, you know, my outdoor exploration is like with children. I do take days off by myself, though, because I think, again, because it's so different, you are going to be monitoring your kids. There is a sense of freedom when you're with your kids in nature, but there's also a sense of responsibility. And sometimes you really just want to disconnect from that. So I do take two days. I find two days is easier sometimes during the week, sometimes during the weekend, I'll grab my girlfriends or I'll ask my mom to watch, you know, our kids and I'll go with my husband, but we do take a couple of days just to get out and reset yourself. Because I feel like, you know, when you can disconnect to reconnect, you end up being a much more aware parent, much calmer. Things don't trigger you as quickly. So I think exploration, getting outdoors, getting in nature is so healthy for the soul, for the body, for your energy. But it, it is definitely different with kids. But that's why I said, like, if you can make friends who are also moms, get them in a group. And it is so cool to see kids out in nature. They pick up the rocks. They pick up this, you know, they pick up the wood. They'll fetch things for you. And they just really feel so in their element. It brings a whole new light to what you see in nature when you're with kids too. So it doesn't stop at all. It just looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great advice.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I think people will find that really helpful. So in preparing for this interview, you told me that business is a mindset and I really liked that. Can you talk a bit about this concept of mental agility and how it's played a role in your life and in building your business? Yes, I think this is the
0: foundation of good business is a good mindset. You know, I would especially say for women too. Men definitely need this, but I feel like sometimes women, we are... Again, I'm not generalizing. It's just my experience with my community of women and entrepreneurs. We take a lot of responsibility to provide really successful results. And we don't take lightly somebody's goodwill if they are investing in us. And that same goes for us. We don't take lightly what our investment is to something. So what ends up happening is, you know, we put doubt in our heads and we have this sense of responsibility on us that we don't want to fail. And so that is what I think where the mental agility comes in is learning how to understand that there is responsibility, but we also want to make sure that we don't get down on ourselves, that we don't want this sense of success so badly that we don't even try because that happens a lot. You know, I see a lot of times like just a little bit of a tangent, but Women, they, they um, you know, the stats show women make anywhere from 30% less in the workforce than men. And one thing that I have noticed time and time again, having managed both men and women is that men will ask 30 to 40% more times for a raise than women. And so women will just accept what's given to them and do the best and do amazing work, but won't ask for it because they don't want that rejection. So what I would say with mental agility is when you do get rejected, let it bounce off. Keep a healthy mindset in that it's not personal. And even if it is personal, just take a deep breath and let that one go because tomorrow it'll be just fine. Nothing has changed. There was a saying, and I can't remember who said it now, but he said that businesses don't fail. It's that the entrepreneur quits. And I wholeheartedly believe that because I see times every single day and I would say I have dealt with it, but I still deal with it. Every single day I have doubts that are paralyzing. I think I can't do this by myself. There's no way I can do this by myself. And I catch myself and I go, don't, Get into that frame of mind, because if you go into that frame of mind and you start to spiral, you'll get burnt out without even doing anything. You'll get burnt out. That's when businesses fail is when you get burnt out, when you quit, when you just want to hang up your coat and call it a day. But when that comes in the tough times, you bounce back. You say, no, this is tough right now. We're just going to go through it or you take the day off, come back to it tomorrow, see what works for you, but have a practice that is a, um, you know, the cornerstone of any good business is having that um, really strong mental agility and flexibility and resilience with anything that you do to keep you keep you going. Yeah, I I really appreciate that.
1: I mean, I think this conversation of concept of mental agility, it's like we can go on for hours and hours about it because it's so interesting. And it's so important in our lives and our business and all of that. And and I love hearing. I love hearing the reality of things, right? Like we can say, oh, I'm successful. And this is where I'm at now. And I think especially nowadays with social media, it's easy to see people as just always being successful. Like they just have always been in that position and, and we forget to look at, well, how long did it take them to get there? What did they struggle with? What are they still struggling with? And maybe we just don't know that. And I think it's a really important conversation to have that we can run successful businesses. We can be business owners and and all of that, and still have that self-doubt and still have, you know, those things running through our head. It's how do we deal with it on a day-to-day basis? And so I think that's really, really key points to make and advice for people to, to kind of move past it and be able to, to move beyond it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that I could talk to you for hours about it, because it's something that so near and dear to my heart. I, ha- I wouldn't have been able to go through it if it weren't for podcasts like yours. Um, I listen to other people's stories and I go, oh, my gosh, they struggle, too, because you feel really alone in your struggle. You feel really supported and like everyone's around you when things are going good. But in your struggle, you can feel really alone. So. I just think it's really important to keep talking to people, go listen to podcast, listen to your podcast, get people's stories, because you really aren't alone. And it's so important to know that there is a reality that happens immediately before and immediately after an Instagram post that can look completely different.
1: Mm,
0: So true. So true. That's great. We're going to take a quick
1: break, but I can't wait to learn more from our guests about how they live and love the outdoor entrepreneur life you know how much i love making time for the things that bring me joy it's literally a key reason why i created this podcast it's also why i'm so passionate about doing things that make life easier and allow me to feel more organized less scattered and more in control of my time come on doesn't that sound amazing well one way i do that is by getting crystal clear on what i want and mapping out a solid plan of action to make it happen and i love teaching the simple system to others. Whether you're an experienced entrepreneur or an aspiring one, I help people sort through all the shiny things in mental clutter to get massively clear to make it all happen. So if you're ready to move from dreaming into doing and doing it with ease and flow and organization, then I got you. Go to LizLandine.com as soon as this podcast ends to check out my services page, sign up for my monthly newsletter, or you can schedule a free 30-minute clarity call with me. And as a bonus, all podcast listeners receive a special 10% off if you use discount code outdoors at checkout. All right, now let's get back into the episode. So I love that you saw a gap in the marketplace. You identified something is missing and it's something that I actually wanted, <laughs> something you <laughs> wanted yourself. And then you went out and you created it. And it's such a great example of action is what I say, queen bee, action is king, right? It's it's really about the implementation and moving from dreaming into doing. Do you have any advice for someone who has ideas and wants to create something, but isn't sure where to start, or maybe they just feeling overwhelmed by the task.
0: The very, very first thing to do is write it down. I have a personal journal. I've got notebooks galore, but I have one that I just keep for myself personally. It's not like a locked diary or anything like that, but it's just a place for me to take my thoughts in my head and put them on a piece of paper. And sometimes we have really amazing ideas that why hasn't someone done that? And the minute we put it on paper, we go, oh, it's because this is not that great of an idea, or there's this huge gap in, in the ability to get it done. And then other things where you think, oh, maybe it's not that great of an idea. You could put down on paper and go, oh my gosh, it's phenomenal. And other ideas that are kind of scattered in your head, you put it down on paper and you can organize it. Because I think ideas are 10 to 15% of the game. I think the execution is the bulk. It's the 80%, it's the 85%, 90%. So put it down on paper, try to flush it out as much as possible, do a stream of consciousness and just write out everything that you would want to do. Vision board it, get a Pinterest board going and and put it together and what it would look like. And then talk to people about it. Talk to your friends. You don't have to, you could take their thoughts with a very, you know, light grain of salt because not everyone can see vision. You know, people only see what their eyes can see. They don't necessarily see beyond that. Um, So take what they say with a grain of salt, but it just gives you a sounding board or something to bounce back because you can hear yourself. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of getting the
1: thoughts and ideas out of your head. Like that, that is step one for me as well. And I do something called a mind sweep. It's what I teach to all my clients. And as David Allen, who's a huge productivity guru says, the mind is for having ideas, not holding them. And I love that because I think we feel Many times overwhelmed by, by it all because we're just trying to keep it in our head <laughs> and we just need to get it out. So whatever that looks like for you, however that might be, whether it's doing a mind sweep or journaling or bullet points, whatever it is, just get it on paper. And it's amazing just how much better you feel. Like as soon as you get it out of your head, how much better you feel and can really start to see things, I think a little bit more clearly and you know easier. I totally agree. So, all right, let's kind of take a step back. Let's look big picture for a minute. What type of influence or impact are you, Drifted, uh, hoping to have in the outdoor culture?
0: Well, I think that I really want to see females getting involved in the outdoors and in nature, leading it on their own, feeling the confidence and the independence to do it and bringing their family and their friends and their communities to that as well. I think that women in general, um, have a nurturing sense about them. And I think that when, when we talk about things like sustainability, um, you know, pollution and, and waste is such a huge topic and weirdly polarizing, you know, some people just don't ever want to hear it because it makes them feel bad. Um, Cause sometimes I think people come at it a little aggressively and other people, that's all they want to talk about. But I think women have a really amazing ability to very gently nurture their communities into change. And I think that something like, you know, providing sustainability and having a lot more um, greener choices, that's something that when women spend time outdoors and they bring their friends, they bring their family, they bring their next generation there, that they're nurturing their community, to make smarter, more responsible decisions. And I also think that, you know, again, being outdoors, bringing the whole community there, whoever they are, you're also nurturing a much healthier mindset. You're you're not as aggressive. I live in Santa Monica and we have, you know, as we were talking, I've had two garbage trucks drive by and I can hear horns and it does have an effect on your visceral reaction or your visceral response to things. And I think it makes us uptight. It makes us on edge. Um, but being out in nature, being able to hear silence or hear the leaves in the wind, it calms the nervous system down. And I think, again, women have an amazing ability to gather people together. So what I would love to see and have that influence is to really see a gathering of people in a in a responsible way to be out in nature. And so that way we can be a lot more communed with it um, and, and not so separatist. And as Drifted, I have pictured for years, even before Drifted was here, I really have pictured... That one day we build clubhouses, and um, we build a place that you know it's probably going to be part retail store because that's what we we do—we sell clothes. But eventually, I'd love it to be a place where you can go in, plan your trips, be in an area where you can you know rent out gear, go for a hike, go for a kayak, um, but also hang out, bring your kids, bring your family, bring your friends, and just have a gathering place because. There's not very many places to go with them. And I think if you can come up with a community spot that's in nature, that's got outdoor activities, that's fun, you're going to gather more people there. And when it's providing, like I said, a healthier um, or just a more aware mindset, you're going to have a much better future with it. So that's what my hope is, is the influence to have on the communities to really make it um, communal, to make it um non-competitive. We're all here in it together. Um, We're not separate from one another. We're not separate from earth. We're not separate from these choices we make and not feeling bad about it either. So that's what I hope is we have a lot more female leaders in the outdoor space and those female leaders bring their crew with them. Mm,
1: That sounds wonderful. I always love hearing people's like bigger picture vision for their life and for you know, their company as well. And I have to say, as you were sharing that, I like just something in my gut felt really good. And I got really excited because I was thinking, oh my gosh, like I would go to this place. This is totally, I would love to go hang out at and be part of. So I, I really love hearing that. All right. So what about your current situation? What are you loving right now? My current setup as in like
0: my work setup.
1: Yeah. Just owning a business, being a business owner and and all that comes with that.
0: I love being able to be creative and crystallizing that creativity. I think the learning process, especially is so you become high off of it when you can learn something new. And I think, you know, after a certain age, you don't learn a lot. You, you kind of sit still in what you know, and maybe you have some little bit here and there on the job that you learn. But you know, in my current situation, I'm getting challenged so much that I have to learn. Um, I don't have the money to not learn it and to hire somebody else for it. So I'm learning a lot, which I love. It's a little bit of a struggle, but I do love when I come out the other end end of it, knowing something more and, um, and the creative process. I think that, you know, when you do get to crystallize something that's creative, when you are inspired, it's a different form that it takes on. You start to look at, common objects differently, um, because you're looking for inspiration. You're looking for, you know, what can we do to make this even better? So my neighborhood walks take a whole new, take on a whole new light when I'm in that, um, design process, cause I'm looking at color, texture, um, you know, shapes and silhouettes, and it can make something really mundane, go to spectacular. So that's what I'm, I'm truly loving that. And, um, I think a lot of us are working from home. That's a love hate. I like it a little, you know. (laughs) I like it when my laundry is done. I hate it when my laundry isn't done. (laughs) Um, But you know that whole process, being able to be with you know my kids right now with that work from home situation is nice. I think it would be hard for me to um, go away for a very very long time, um, like the traveling on that. But. You know, I think it's just, it's great that you can shed new light on, you know, on vision and what you see and how you experience very common things around you um, is what I'm loving right now is, Mm -hmm. is to see something new.
1: Wonderful. So kind of the flip side to that coin, as we talked about earlier, just showing the reality of things and that entrepreneurship, it's not perfect. It's kind of this ever evolving thing. And many times we're always in the process of figuring things out. So asking kind of the flip side to that coin, what about your current situation? Would you like to improve or maybe get more dialed in or what about it maybe are you not loving at the moment? Yeah,
0: I think I miss the interaction of people. You know, it is work from home. And when you're working, you're working. And outside of Zoom and maybe a phone call, I do miss seeing people in person. And that that's probably just with COVID having influenced our whole world, maybe temporarily, maybe a little bit more long term than we know. But I do miss that. I miss the, you know, random conversations because you do get a burst of energy when you're with people. So hopefully that does pick back up. But I, you know, I do work from home. So. I would love to have a proper space that you walk in and you're immediately pulled into your work. You're immediately pulled into that line of creativity. The thing that I struggle with, it's not that I, I don't like, it's um, I don't like it at times, but then again, when I can come over that hump, it's not so bad. It's not easy to get pulled into it in your own home. So mm. I have a small little bungalow. We share the office. It's like a desk really and a laptop. Um, I don't have like a design studio It turns into a design studio during my times of design, but then I have to pack it all back up. So you really have to self-motivate to, to get in that zone. So it's a bit of a struggle, but I, I also, I have like a nice cappuccino in the morning and sometimes you just feel (laughs) so high after that caffeine rush, you're, you're ready to take on the world. So I would say that's kind of, you know, that's where this, the, the thing that I'm not thrilled about, but, it is what it is and we're
1: working through it. The yep. best. And in time, in time, you'll have... Exactly how you want your setup. I I agree. I'm in, I have my own office space and I I I like it. You know, it's set up nice and everything, but I've often thought, okay, we're probably moving in a little bit. And I said, the next office space, I'm gonna really just knock it out of the park. Like I wanna walk into it and just feel immediately inspired when I yeah. go into my office. It's important, especially like you said, if it's a a place and a space that we're in all day. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that it does inspire us and, and it doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money on it or do anything over the top, but just being really intentional about that space, I think is important. So that's a great one. All right. So as we start to wrap up, I have to ask because I know. You've been to some really great places. It sounds like what are some of your favorite outdoor locations or places you visited that you'd recommend people should put on their travel list and that they should get to and explore?
0: Oh gosh, there are so many. So I really fell in love with the outdoors when I would travel and I did a lot of international travel. One of the things I, I realized about When you travel, you always have language barriers, cultural barriers, et cetera. Um, So you kind of felt a little disconnected from the local people. But when you're out in nature, all of a sudden it equalized. So I have some really amazing memories. We did a long trek, about a 12-day trek through. Uh, It was like formerly Tibet. It's the border of India. And up in the Himalayas, completely untouched. You can only get there certain times of the year. They only fly, you know, they might fly 10 people out, but then they only bring back six. So it's really difficult to travel to. But when you get there, the air is. The cleanest you've ever seen. Um, you're. It looks like you're looking into a lake. We literally saw wild horses running. I mean, it was spectacular. And the people, you know, funny enough, you see the Sherpas who are hiking these mountains. You're all decked out in your gear, and you see the Sherpas with their flip flops and, <laughs> and they're just jogging pants. <laughs> but you get to meet really spectacular people. And, um, you know, I've also, loved, um, being in Morocco. Actually, that was a really, really strong trip for me. I think maybe it was good memories and good friends, but the landscape was fantastic. And Japan actually had an amazing landscape in my opinion. I, that was the only place I ever saw snowy mountains completely abut the ocean. And usually you have to travel quite a ways, at least a couple hundred miles or a hundred miles to get to a snowy mountain from the ocean. But there you would see it in one snapshot. And that was phenomenal to me. I I think that landscape was amazing. Those have been some really momentous lands for me and and locations for me. Mm, Wow. Those sound
1: incredible. So as we, again, as we wrap up, I have one more question to ask you after this one, but first let's tell people where can they find you?
0: Oh, uh, drifted.co is our website. And our, any of our social media handles is at drifted, D-R-I-F-T-E-D, co, C-O. We're on Instagram and online and we do emails and we do, um, you know, kind of cool stories on Instagram all the time. So you can find us there. Perfect. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well.
1: And as you know, I'm a strategy and action coach. So I created this podcast, not just to talk and dream about things, but to show people how they can combine an income producing job with their love for the outdoors and to see that it's possible, right? That everyday people just like you, me, anybody can do it. So ultimately, I really want to inspire people to take massive action towards their own dreams and their own goals. So with that in mind, I'd love to close out with an action challenge what's one thing you want people to get out there and do in pursuit of their own dreams and goals? So Pooja, what's your action challenge?
0: I'd say go get a notebook, a personal notebook, and start writing down your thoughts. Go take every day, take 10 minutes every day and start to write down what you're thinking in terms of your personal goals or what you want your family to look like or your career goals, what you're thinking about, how you can produce something and think about the people it affects because when you can get energized with a motivating factor, that's not just money. I think you're going to go a lot farther because you'll start to see that you, you go with a lot more support. So get that notebook and start documenting and journaling and bullet pointing your ideas.
1: Perfect. Oh, that's a perfect place to close out. So we'll put all the ways our listeners can learn more about you and your work in the show notes. And then just thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Pooja. It's been a blast talking with you. Keep kicking ass and happy adventuring. Thank you, Liz. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. My goal as a business strategy and action coach and why I ultimately created this podcast is to inspire you to take massive action towards your own dreams and goals. So if you're enjoying this podcast and you find the content valuable, like, subscribe, or follow me wherever you get your podcasts. And I always love hearing from my listeners. So please leave a review. And until next time, be sure to live life on your terms. And if you're not, make a plan and make it happen, my friend adventure awaits. Thanks for listening.